Before we begin, we want to give a quick shout out to our new Patreon subscribers, Miles Atwood and Robert Prudhomme. Thanks so much, guys. If you want to support the show and get rewarded for doing so, check out patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. First call. Hey, John, Megan, Zena, it's Stefan from St. Paul again. Uh, yeah, to build on the question that was asked last week about which uh, video games would make great movie adaptations, I'm wondering which movies do you think would make good video games? I know there was uh, The Thing and uh, Alien Isolation, especially the latter were really big hits. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, Megan, you go. All right. Uh, I went with kind of movies that were visually appealing that would make really good, intriguing video games. So, Haosu. I really want a video Ooh. game of Haosu because I feel like that would be super colorful and super bizarre. Uh, Mandy. Sure. Mandy yeah. is another Mandy one. Interesting. Uh, killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> how is that not? How have we not gotten a sequel? And how have we not gotten a video game? Like, there's there's so much merchandise potential with that one. So many questions. Uh, In the mouth of madness, I feel like would make a super creepy mystery Lovecraftian game. And then obviously, Cabin in the Woods has endless level potential like give me a level with the killer unicorn give me a level with the mermaid (laughs) so yeah that's what i that's what i got what do you guys have nice oh okay well for me demons 1985 (laughs) because i know i know because i saw okay but because it could be like a complete like splatter fest these people they could still be stuck you know in a movie theater and then the goal is you have to like just bash their brains out, and then hopefully you don't run into like the demon queen Rosemary. I would play it. I all right, would. all right. Uh, another one, maybe it could be based off of the show Hannibal, like from 2013. But oh, wow. it can have like, yeah, it could be like a mix of Overwatch or like Doom Eternal with a mix of Cooking Mama, where basically you have to stalk <laughs> and kill. <laughs> you have to stalk and kill your victims. And then they give you a recipe that you have to make. And Cooking Mama was my jam back in the day. So that could be a lot of fun for your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for your kids. Uh, there she and goes then, again. Uh, just the last one. I mean, uh, The Thing from 1982. It could be similar yeah. to, yeah, Until Dawn where you can, uh, you know, make so you're talking characters. like a revamped game because they did yeah. do an Xbox game of The Thing before. I never played that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, Stefan pointed it out. Okay. Oh, <laughs> she she just agrees with Stefan. There you go. Exactly. Well done, Stefan. <laughs> uh, mine, I don't know if mine counted. The first one that always pops into my head, <clears throat> I don't know if either of you saw it or if it's considered horror, but it's a movie called Spectral. And ah, it's very scary. much a military action style movie but it's shot like a video game like it absolutely feels like you're watching like cut scenes of a video game mm. and the gist of it is is it's the military is going up against basically these invisible creatures that are killing everybody and they're trying awesome. to figure out how to survive and etc i think it'd be perfect i mean honestly if you watch i think it's probably still on netflix it feels like you are watching a video game nice like you're watching cut scenes from like like call of duty or something but like a little more futuristic and then uh the other one that i was thinking Actually, it was Grave Encounters. Ooh. But 
I thought about this last week when we were talking about like like retro games, uh-huh. et cetera, like video games that could be turned into movies. Uh, because I grew up with the old point and click ones, especially like the yeah. the the eleventh hour, the seventh guest. It could totally be a great point and click style game. Like you're actually going through Collingwood Mental Institution and like figuring out like little traps and like little snippets of history about like everything that's going on. Like I think I mean in that frame, I, I feel like a lot of video games can be created out of movies. Yeah. Like, and especially found footage style because it's all if you're playing it POV, why not? Yeah. Very cool. All right, call two. Hey, y'all. It's Kevin from Maine, a fellow horror podcaster, and I absolutely love the show. I love the format. What I'm dying to know from each of you is what horror movie would you absolutely defend? And by that, I mean, give me a movie that you love and maybe everybody else hates. Or a movie that you hate that everybody else loves. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love the format. And John, please turn your track up. I, I need to hear your beautiful voice a little bit louder. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Kevin. I'll see what I can do about the volume of my voice. I apologize for that. Uh, and let us know what your horror podcast is. I'd love to listen to it. Now, I'm going to stick with what I love because that's kind of the theme of the show anyway, as much as we try to. It's a little harder question for me to answer since I'm not on Twitter enough to actually see the hate for the things that I love. (laughs) So it's a little bit more non-existent for me. Plus, I think we've all noticed over the last few years, there's been like such a massive resurgence of movies that people didn't used to like. And they're finding their own audiences or they're finding audiences again or developing followings like Halloween 3, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Like, all these movies that were just kind of ignored or shrugged off are suddenly developing these massive fan bases. Um, But for me, and this is one that I shrugged off for the longest time, it's really, it's 90s horror. Like, I know 90s horror gets a really bad rap, and sure, especially like mid to late 90s, it's it's a tough ride. But, like, I was watching Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows today, and I'm not going to talk about it later because I'm talking about something else. But... I was kind of like, ah, there's something really charming and endearing yeah. about some of like the '90s tropes. Yeah, you know, or or like like Frighteners, Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. I feel like it's a really bad rap because it, it, it toes this really we- it does. well. It toes a really weird time uh, line tonally yeah. between comedy and kind of like messed up horror. Mm-hmm. And I think it. Definitely needs a second watch because evidently it destroyed Peter Jackson for a while. Just crazy. Really? Um, that he was supposed to be in line to to direct the next James Bond. Wow. And it bombing and the critical reception that it got got him booted out of it. Like wow. he lost his spot. Yeah. And then even stuff like, you know, House on Haunted Hill, which shaky head, whatever. I can survive I, it. There's still something charming about it. Uh, well, I like it, but I think that we are in the era where 90s horror is far more appreciated because 90s kids that grew up with 90s horror are now they're grown mm-hmm. up and they're they're championing their childhood favorites so i think mm-hmm. i mean and, and it still does get a bad rap but i think there are a lot more staunch supporters of 90s horror than there were like a decade ago i agree and that's why i said like it's kind of a tough question 
Yeah. Because you will find people that are like, what are you talking about? That's an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the case it's for every voices. everything, though. There's always, like, a champion of some movie. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. Agreed. But, yeah. Like, what do you think, Zena? Um... Well, some of the movies I loved or what you just said. Yeah, well, okay. everything. <laughs> yeah, I just okay, but from you. you know, I, I agree with you both um, uh, when it comes with Frighteners, but I do remember like back in the day, like a lot of people like hating it, which was crazy. Yeah. It's a really cool movie, but kind of like what Megan said, it's kind of like it's people are starting to come around now with it. So that's always so awesome about it. Yeah. Why didn't we get a sequel? Like, why? But um, moving on to, to Box what? Office. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my choices, so I have three that immediately uh, came to mind for me. The first okay. one, It Follows, from 2015. Um, I actually got into an argument with someone, like a legit argument. Oh, my. And um, Yeah, because it was kind of like, so this person basically was telling me why they didn't like it. And that's fine. You, you don't have to like it. It's fine. But at, within the same breath, I remember this person previously telling me that, oh, I, why don't we have original horror movies with a woman <laughs> focus? And it's just like, are you serious? And it's just like, <laughs> did you hear what you just said? It's just like, this is what you're getting. You asked for it. You wanted something that's original with some new faces, a pretty cool soundtrack. I mean, hello, you know, but it was just kind of like, all right, I'll let you live your life. Uh, then the next one, The Visit from 2015, another 2015 version. Mm. I know that this one gets it bad, but it's like, I really liked it. I liked the weirdness of it. I liked uh, the little rap thing in it. I thought it was funny. And, um, you know, I feel like I like seeing um, like elderly type of horror. I think we talked about this uh, previously. Uh-huh. And then uh, the twist is pretty cool, too. And then just the last one, Lights Out from 2016. No, it's not so much like oh. the short, but I still enjoyed it. That's cool. I like that the kids from The Visit went on to star in uh, Better Watch Out together. Right? That's so cool. <laughs> uh, I did not have as many, um, and I went with more recent ones. So Pet Cemetery remake is universally panned, and I understand why, but I actually really like the lengths that it took. To me, this felt like it was designed specifically to be a companion piece. It's like, you are super familiar with the novel. You are super familiar with the 1989 movie. And this one can peacefully exist next to them, where they're kind of doing their own different things. And I get, you know, that this is a very beloved property, but I I liked it. I was into what it was doing. Um, Even though, yes, I agree that they should have not revealed that twist in the trailer but that's a whole other subject (laughs) uh and then the other thing is the nun uh i i enjoy Mm. the nun i don't think it's a masterpiece by any stretch but i had a blast with it i feel like this is demon knight meets hammer horror for me i mean they they go through some demon knight plot threads especially near the end um and i get that this is nowhere near like the conjuring one and two but it's a spinoff and yeah i don't know i i can't explain it other than i was into it taking trying something new i feel like anytime the conjuring universe tries something new it doesn't always work but i give them brownie points for trying and this just happened yeah. to work for me okay i will also add demon knight to my list i know megan loves it but you have not it- seen it no, I love oh, it. Okay. I love oh, it is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. But I don't. Th- I, I don't was... think it's universally well received. <laughs> I was about to fight. I'm, that, that's my <laughs> it follows there. All right, cool. Well, we just had a snowstorm today, and you Texans are afraid of snow right now, so I feel safe. Ooh, this extra fighting words. Yeah, like, John. Oh my John's god. John's coming right. out swinging right off the bat. 
Speaking of which, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, or movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello, John. And you know her from... <laughs> <laughs> and you know her from her award-winning YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, let's do a quick round the table for all the movies, books, games, anything else in the horror world that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll help you smile, too. Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? So thanks to our Patreon subscriber, Chris Ramos, I checked out Santa Sangri, aka Holy Blood from 1989, but it was released in 1990. Streaming on Tubi, it's been on my list for a while to check out because I really love like the posters, like really awesome. They have like two different versions one's black and white, one's uh, with some color, a little dabble. Anyway, uh, in Mexico, a traumatized son of a knife thrower and a trapeze artist bounds grotesquely with his now armless mother. So this movie, it has uh... <laughs> John's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad we're not recording video on this one <laughs> right now. <laughs> it has such a, a, a timeless feel to it. You know, even though it's a horror, it's beautiful. Um, and you can feel like the, the love and the passion that was put into this film. And yeah, like the, <laughs> the synopsis, it is weird. And it is honestly like a weird movie. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Overall, like this is the type of movie that you put on and you'll never be bored like while watching it. It is a journey. It is. And it's like about two hours long. So but it didn't really feel that way for me. Um, It's basically like this young boy. uh, He witnesses um, his father hacking off his mom's arms kind of and obviously it's traumatizing. I mean, like what? But his dad... (laughs) His dad was like, you know, cheating on 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 his mom, like with this tattooed lady. I mean, she was a very sexy woman who was just dancing and doing a lot of things that was just like, whoa, like she's just for everybody, you know. Um, (laughs) Fast forward, though, you know, the young boy, he grows up and he's now like kind of in this hospital and he um, he basically starts helping his mom basically he allows his mom to use his arms like he'll just have like stand behind his mom and he even has like fingernails and he just starts doing some stuff for his mom like she's like a and like an elaborate dancer so he learns like so it's like that game helping hands from whose line is it anyway (laughs) it's kind of yeah it's kind of just like that yeah and so um yeah and then at night like he'll go out he'll bring women back bring them bring them back to his mom and you know under his mom's mental control he like stabs the women and then before he buries them he paints their bodies white and um yeah so the first half that that's just kind of like the first half but then the second half it is very uh it feels a little bit campy but a little bit like david lynch ish with the craziness um i I mean i'm living for it because it's just like i said you're entertained you don't really know what to expect um but again overall i enjoyed it there's like an elephant funeral there's a man who rips off his ears for some reason um and then there's murder (laughs) there's murdered like victims that rise up from their grave and uh that's a pretty epic scene so thank you very much chris thank you (laughs) I don't know. I might recommend that movie to John. I don't know. It's got a, I think a 4K disc coming out uh, 
later in April from Severin. And it even like comes with a t-shirt, which I think you can buy Whoa. the t-shirt separate. But I think I might have to get this t-shirt. <laughs> I already own a Blu-ray. I don't know if I need the, the upgrade, but I want the t-shirt. I think you need it. I think we I think all I, need I it. I think, yeah. We, <laughs> that's our matching t-shirts. We all... <laughs> and we can uh, uh, film John's face as he watches it. Exactly. Then uh, the other movie I finally checked out, PG, Psycho Gorman from 2020 on YouTube. After unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster-like, an uh, evil monster destroying uh, the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make um, him do their bidding. So this is such a fun, goofy, touching, entertaining movie. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of telling this to, to Megan before we uh, started recording today. I literally had the worst week like ever everything that could possibly go wrong last week went wrong and i put this movie on like as like a you know some background noise or whatever yeah and it it, kind of like really just changed my mood completely like i was so frustrated but it just took all that aggravation away and you know i felt better you know it's it's funny it's it's really cute it's like a mixture of like of course like et power rangers and my favorite wishmaster (laughs) (laughs) you know this and it's like it's uh it's it's kind of bloody and gooey and i love the special effects it kind of also reminds me of like a trauma movie um and there's like a lot of slime for some reason and then also I know we talked about this too when it comes to like comedy horrors, but this one literally made me laugh out loud, like a lot, you know? Yes. Um, so, which is such a great feeling. And I feel like the character, the, there's a little girl named Mimi who sings um, and she's, you know, she's a lot, but I feel like she could be my daughter. I feel like that could be me Zeta. as a kid. Zeta, she's a sociopath. <laughs> she was hilarious though. <laughs> Especially, you know, and this is in the trailer so this isn't like a spoiler but when you know she was leaving and every single time she would leave she would do the bye but we could still hear her as she's walking away you know i don't know i just thought that she was adorable like she's she's funny but she's a sociopath the movie is not like at all shy about that Megan, I don't know. It was kind. That's kind of how I was as a kid. Like I was as <laughs> a kid. I need to talk it's, to your mother about you. Like, I'm kind of still the same. So maybe you are not a sociopath. Like, you are not. I refuse. No, if you you need a little pick me up mood booster, or you know you just want to watch a comedy horror, I highly recommend this one. So awesome. Yeah. What about you, Megan? I watched something that I know Xena also watched, so I'm very excited to, to discuss this with you. Um, I checked out Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker on Shudder. It's a 1981 slasher. And talk about a ride. Uh, it's basically the plot is an orphan teen who finds himself being dominated by an aunt who is hell-bent on keeping him with her at all costs. So much melodrama in this movie. So much. It is a wild kind of soap opera thing. It like, is. <laughs> you know, he gets dropped off as a child with his aunt at the beginning and his parents go off driving and it turns into some wild Final Destination style car crash. I mean, wild. Yeah. And so then, you know, he's orphaned and she raises him and now he's a teen and he's getting into a relationship and she does not like that at all uh susan tyrell is the aunt and she is so good at playing psycho in this movie but she is not 
to me, the actual villain. I mean, she's painted that way, but to me, the cops mm-hmm. are the villain because absolutely the lead cop is for sure the villain. Uh, but it's also very progressive because one of his few allies is his gay gym coach. Mm-hmm. And the way that they approach that, I think, is so progressive for 1981. Um, but yeah, it's a really crazy, crazy slasher uh, that, that Shudder made available. And if you have not seen it and you want some bonkers mayhem, I, I highly recommend it. And he's even got a young Bill Paxton in a smaller role. Yes. And I love that you said that it's a soap opera. It is. It's like a demented soap opera. It is so wild. Need. And, yeah. okay, this is really inappropriate, but there was a part that I laughed at, and then I felt bad <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, and it was, like, one of those terrible laughs with the snorting. Um, remember with... Okay, no, I'll just wait till after. I'll wait till I'm after. Gonna st- I might have to start calling you Mimi. Oh, my gosh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I say it out of love. <laughs> Mimi. Yeah, well, Mimi. we'll talk about it afterwards. I don't want to spoil it because yeah. people should check it out. People should. It is. It is. When you think you've seen all of the eighty slashers, like <laughs> this, this one definitely injects something new to the conversation. Uh, and then speaking of Shutter, it just you ever just put on Shutter TV just to see what's on or just for background noise? And it was the tail end of Demons. Um, which is a 1985 release. Uh, and I cannot just l- watch part of Demons. Like, I had to watch the whole thing all over again. Because that soundtrack alone, I'm just instantly in a good mood. That soundtrack, I freaking love it. But if you don't know what Demons is, uh, it's basically a group of people are given uh, tickets to a mysterious screening at a random kind of art house theater and they find themselves trapped inside with a demonic infection that's spreading and, and taking over. It's a Lamberto Bava classic, again, with one hell of a soundtrack. I absolutely adore it. Um, and, you know, growing up, I was never, you know, as a child, I was never really into Italian horror because I think a lot of it was just too adult and, and hypersexualized, and I just wanted mm-hmm. monsters. And this was my kind of gateway introduction to Italian horror that I actually liked because it was nonstop gooby gory monster mayhem. Um, and yeah, I just like that. It's, it's essentially kind of a zombie story, but it's made way more stylistic and cool by having them be these crazy demonic monsters. And yeah. And the ending, I love the ending. You think that it's happy. No, with an appearance (laughs) by Bob, the horror's best screamer ever you saw the other bullshit bob yeah so yeah that's what i watched nice i watched two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) megan's pick 2014's housebound on 2b a young woman is forced to return to her childhood home after being placed under house arrest where she suspects that something evil may be lurking megan why'd you pick this one because it is a twisty horror comedy that uh, I just think it's something special. And as far as horror comedies go, it tends to be a more under the radar choice. So I wanted you to watch it. Uh, and I'm glad you did. It, uh, it's another one where I might have just blown by it and not really thought much about it, even though the artwork is actually really cool. Yeah. Like, I, and I feel like I've seen the artwork enough, so I've probably scrolled past it several times and just been like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think what, why it might kind of go a little bit under the radar as far as horror comedies is concerned is 
despite the fact that it is comedic, I mean, it starts out comedy, like, really early, a guy taking a sledgehammer to the face. Yeah. Um, of his own accord. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's why it's funny, not someone else hitting him in, with a sledgehammer. But the humor itself, well, it, it, it absolutely exists. It doesn't hit, like, really hard. Right. Like, it doesn't really, like, punch you like horror comedies like What We Do in the Shadows or something along those lines, where it is more comedy like it definitely is to me or i think it should be like it does feel more horror than comedy yeah like on the scale not a ton more but it's got some good scares it's and it is twisty um the lead actress plays an amazing horrible person (laughs) (laughs) um but and and not to sound like reductive or crass or anything but she's also the best looking meth head i've ever seen (laughs) they talk about like she has a history of like meth and I'm looking at her like, really? That's, yeah. that's what meth does? Movie magic. She, Movie magic. Yeah, she looks fairly healthy for meth. <laughs> but yeah, but it gets the point across for the house arrest, whatever. And really, it's it's the, the big comedy was um is the guy who like helps keep her under house arrest. He's hilarious. Yeah. I love him in it. Very funny movie. I appreciate that, that Megan picked it for me. I highly recommend it. Check it out on Tubi. It is a fun watch. And if you like... If you're not a huge fan of comedy and horror, I actually think it's a good pick because it is kind of subtle, more just like people saying funny things in the midst right. of something horrible happening or scary or confusing. And then, and I did watch Zena's pick second because I was a little nervous watching this one because I knew <laughs> what it was about before I watched it and I hadn't watched it. 2014 Starry Eyes on Tubi. A hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. All right, Zena, why this one? Because it's original. And on top of that, it shows <laughs> it shows a uh, violent and disturbing kind of a nasty view of Hollywood and chasing your mm-hmm. dreams. And um, I really love Alex Esso, so. She's getting this. Mm-hmm. It is a really good movie. Yeah. Like, yes. it is. I mean, it was body horror, sure. Not as much body horror as I thought it was no. going to be. Mm-hmm. Actually, the more difficult thing for me to watch was her relationship with her quote-unquote friends. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Who are just the worst group of people that I totally believe exists. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there could be people listening to this podcast right now. They're like, oh, no, I know those people. Yeah. <laughs> like, they know what art is. They they are like, you know, like snubbing their noses at other people's projects and but like having no like completely rudderless in their own lives, mm-hmm. probably trust fundy it in some way. Yeah. And just like the snide comments they say to each other. There's like there's no actual support structure. And they say something I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, you weren't. That was a horrible thing to say to someone that you call your friend. And I'll talk about, I don't want to ruin anything, but there is a really interesting twist moment in that dynamic towards the end. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but it was like almost surprisingly so. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. I recommend watching it. It's it's dark. It's it's casting couchy. Yeah. Um, it delves into what people are willing to do for fame mm-hmm. and like the symbolism of what that does to a person's spirit or yeah. soul or personality. Um very, very well acted, very, very dark and sad, but it's horror. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not super heavy body horror. Body horror absolutely does exist, and there are some pretty, some tougher scenes, but it's very, well, very, very well done. 
you know, I've always wanted to see like either like a sequel or a spinoff just because that whole mm. backstory thing, like yeah. just like, okay, I need more. <laughs> but that one character, uh, which I'm sure she irritated you, Erin, mm-hmm. um, she was actually in something else. Uh, she was in the movie Teenage Cocktail. And I remember I watched it like after that. And it was just like, I really <laughs> didn't like her. <laughs> she did so great <laughs> that I really didn't like her. And I didn't want to watch that movie at first. So. Good job on her half. I mean, that's the brilliant part of being a bad character, right? It's, I mean, it's tough. It's got to be really hard to play a character that people hate. Yeah. Like the wife in Breaking Bad who gets hate letters. It's like she's an actress playing a role and yeah. clearly doing it so well yeah. that you had to write an email about how bad of a person she is. Oh. That's why uh, the actor who plays Joffrey does not act anymore. <sighs> yeah. I know. It's sad because he was written to be the worst and character. And he was so good at his job that he can Yeah. It's so, so yeah. disappointing that people can't separate themselves from that. Mm. Like, and as, like, you don't have to like it. You do not have to like it. Right. But you at least have to appreciate what's happening in yeah. that equation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I did need a little bit of palate cleanser after that. So, I watched 1988's They Live on Peacock. Nice. I haven't watched They Live in such a long time, and I, I, I'm not even going to do movie voice because <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you haven't watched They Live, go watch They Live. Come on. It's John Carpenter classic. Honestly, it's it's up there with all of them. Like, it, obviously, Halloween or Escape from New York or The Thing or whatever, but They Live is such a brilliant take on consumerism and Reaganomics and... And just the hypnotic nature of people just wanting to get through life for money or or sacrifice their morals or their beliefs. You know, you were talking about music before. I don't pay attention to music very much in movies. Uh-huh. Like very, very often, like it exists, but it, I wa- because I, I watch a lot of found footage that doesn't have music. So I mm-hmm. think sometimes when I watch movies with music, my mind doesn't necessarily register that it's there. But man, does John Carpenter music always show up for me. Yeah. Like, it's just something so perfect. It always feels like it's propelling the movie forward. Totally. And it's Roddy Roddy Piper and uh, Keith David's alley fight is probably the best on-screen fight up the side of Jackie Chan. It goes on for, like, six days. It is absolutely amazing the level of commitment they went with it. You know, the movie is, like, happy, you know, it's it's comedy, it's very comedic, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be, but there is a point in that movie where there's a death that I obviously won't reveal for spoilers' mm-hmm. sake, but I'm still mm-hmm. not over it. Like, I'm still yeah. mad about it today. I agree. It's very, very shocking. And it's blown past so quickly. Like, but it, it, it like, like, it almost, like, jabs a knife into you yeah like, what what that, what, 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 that, oh. that knife's still in my back today i'm still mad about it. <laughs> it which again is also brilliantly done because it's like everything leading up to it there's nothing uh, to get to that point and then it happens and they don't dwell on it it's just like boom go and then there's like five minutes left in the movie <laughs> and yeah it's it's just great john carpenter fun highly recommend it's on peacock it's free. Go check it out, especially if you haven't, and even if you have. Nice. So, before we move on, what did we watch, and how did we watch it? I watched uh, Santa Santa Sangri on Tubi, 
and PG Cycle Gorman on YouTube. I watched Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker on Shudder and Demons on Shudder. And I watched 2014's Housebound on Tubi, 2014's Starry Eyes on Tubi, and 1988's They Live on Peacock. So, time to find out what I'll be watching next week. Megan, what will I be watching? Have you watched His House yet? <gasps> no, I haven't. Thank you. <laughs> there you I go. I needed an excuse. It's on Netflix, so that's your assignment. I have heard nothing but good things about it, and it looks like a tough watch by my standards um, for, re- for reasons that I'll get into next week, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I honestly think I needed someone to force me to watch it, and I'm, I'm glad someone is. Yeah. That you know? was literally what I was going to have him watch. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, you've saved ones from previous weeks. Well, okay. I guess I'll recommend this one from, from the previous week. Uh, well, have you right. seen Cast a Deadly Spell? No. Oh, okay. that was cute. Okay. Yeah. So Cast a Deadly Spell <laughs> on HBO Max. Nice. All right. His House, Netflix, Cast a Deadly Spell, HBO Max. Awesome. All right. Enough about what we've been watching this week and what I'll be watching next week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Elizabeth Banks is going to direct a movie called Cocaine Bear based on true (laughs) events. (laughs) I like John's face Hmm. already as the gears are turning. So in December Mm -hmm. 2019, it was announced that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the filmmakers behind the 21 Jump Street movie and the Lego movie, were teaming up with Radio Silence. Uh, the filmmaking collective behind Ready or Not, to tackle a unique bear-driven horror comedy with heart. Uh, That project has since undergone some major changes. So the Universal movie is now titled Cocaine Bear, described as a thriller, with Elizabeth Banks, who directed the new Charlie's Angels, uh, she's going to be directing. The project is based on an untitled spec script written by Jimmy Wharton that is inspired by the true events that took place in Kentucky in 1985. So we've a podcast listener, Chad Mofield, recommended a book to me about this uh, titled The Bluegrass Conspiracy by Sally Denton, which is a detailed account of the events that both surrounded and led up to the former Lexington Lexington police officer, Drew Thornton, parachuting to his death with 150 pounds of cocaine. Wow. Yeah. And a 175 pound black bear apparently found that stash and died of a cocaine overdose. So that is the basis for Cocaine Bear. So yeah, I think we're in for a wild time, basically. And I, I'm, you know, kind of sad that uh, Radio Silence is not involved. I'm sure they're super swamped. And with uh, Elizabeth Banks now being attached, I think it's going to play up the comedy elements a lot more. That could be, you know... I mean, Lord Miller is still producing, so the three of them seems like it's going to play up the, the comedic element, which I, I have no idea. With the, This project sounds wild. It does. This sounds like a story that would have been read on Kevin Smith's podcast, Smodcast. <laughs> like, that yeah. sounds insane. Yes. Yes. Apparently, it's, it's a, a huge thing still. Like, Chad, our listener, mentioned that they still sell cocaine bear t-shirts in, in Kentucky. I think I need one of those, too. I am going to look online for a cocaine bear t-shirt. I, I have already looked it up, and, look. and I want one. Ooh, they, they, oh, they are available online to buy? Yes, 
Yes, I will. I will look for the link and send it to you later. But yeah, I, I may be looking right now. So we're all gonna have Santa Sangra t-shirts and cocaine bear t-shirts. We're <laughs> nothing. All I did was type cocaine into my browser, and the first thing it said was cocaine bear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Before cocaine cowboys. Cocaine cowboys. Yeah. Cocaine everything. Uh. So yeah, maybe next we'll get heroin raccoon after that if that goes well. <laughs> So, I hope so. I hope so. There's a whole series of wild animals on drugs we could get. Um, and then to totally switch gears, Jeffrey Dean Morgan faces off against a demon in the Sam Raimi-produced The Unholy. So the screen horror gems movie The Unholy, which was formerly titled Shrine, has been dated for release by Sony, set to arrive in theaters on April 2nd. So mm. just around the corner. Uh, Evans Spilatopoulos wrote and directed The Unholy, which has a cast that includes The Walking Dead's Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the lead, Kate Asselton, William Sadler, and Carrie Elwes. It is based on James Herbert's novel Shrine, published in 1983. The Unholy follows Alice, a young hearing impaired girl who, after a supposed visitation from the Virgin Mary, is inexplicably able to hear, speak, and heal the sick. As word spreads and people from near and far flock to witness her miracles, a disgraced journalist, which is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, is hoping to revive his career. He visits the small New England town to investigate. When terrifying events begin to happen all around, he starts to question if the phenomena is the works of Virgin Mary or something much more sinister. So the trailer is now available because obviously we're, we're warming up the marketing as we're leading into the release. But uh, if you want to see the trailer, it's available on Bloody Disgusting, as per usual. Have either of you looked at the trailer at all i i haven't looked yet i actually thought that it was uh based off of the movie from 1988 so yeah i guess it's nope. not but yeah it's not <laughs> i i did actually watch the trailer and i mean william sadler's in it so yeah that's my big I mean, st- that, self that i mean as another demon knight reference like it doesn't hurt me by any means uh it definitely looks interesting i like the twist that it seems to be playing on just these concepts of miracles and everything else. And it really seems to sell it. Yeah. Like actually like having a big following behind this maybe demon. Um, looks interesting. Looks ki- kind of stigmata-y. Yeah. Like, just kind of twisting like the ideas of religion and belief. Um, looks, yeah, I'm I'm curious to check it out. I'm, I'm a little bit more skeptical. Like I love the cast. I, I'm, for sure sold based on William Sadler, but it's interesting that it's based on a 1983 novel that probably was hot on the heels of, you know, the exorcist inspired wave of religious horror. So I guess I'm wondering if it has anything new to say, or if, if this is going to be kind of well past its, its prime guess we don't have long to find out though. Yeah. We'll find out. And a new horror anthology series. Them is heading to Amazon in April. So, set to premiere on Amazon Prime Video April 9th, Amazon released a teaser for their upcoming anthology horror series. It's written by Little Marvin, and it's a uh, 1953 set series that centers around Alfred and Lucky Emery, who decide to move their family from North Carolina to an all-white Los Angeles neighborhood. The family's home is on a tree-lined, seemingly idyllic street that becomes ground zero, where malevolent forces, both real and supernatural, threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. It's executive produced by Little Marvin and Lena Waithe. Uh, Them stars Deborah Iorindi. Uh, Ashley Thomas, Allison Pill, Shahadi, Wright Joseph, Melody Hurd, and Ryan Quanton. 
this is just a personal aside because I'm a child who's easily amused. But Shahadi Wright Joseph, her only other horror credit so far is Us. She played the daughter or you know the older sister. So that means that so far her genre credits are Us and Them. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Nice. I think it's cute. I'm again, I'm a child who's easily entertained. Um, but I'm curious about this. I mean, I'm sold anyways, but I, I it kind of reminds me of Lovecraft Country. And I don't know if either of you have watched the teaser, but it doesn't mm-hmm. scream anthology to me. That's why I, I kind of jumped to Lovecraft Country, because it seems like it's, it's you know, it's following this family. So I don't know. Maybe it's like a monster of the week type format. Any thoughts I, on that one? I think it's going to be kind of like American Horror Story anthology. Like oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It, was, it seemed interesting. It was it was giving me uh Amityville horror vibes, a little bit, you know. So we don't have long to find out. And <laughs> then um, Bird Box is getting a very unique spinoff. So the 2018 movie by Netflix it was it was an adaptation of Josh Mellerman's 2014 novel of the same name. It was a smash hit when it premiered on Netflix. They reported that it had more than 89 million streams over the course of its 4-week launch when it, you know, initially premiered. So obviously it's so successful that a follow-up would be inevitable. So what is surprising though is that the follow-up isn't what you think it's going to be um especially considering that mallerman's sequel novel mallory released just last year instead deadline reported that a spanish language spinoff is in the works which would tell the story from a different point of view so this could be the first spinoff in a franchise that could go global i like john's skeptical face um so the movie is going to reunite netflix with bird box producers dylan clark and chris morgan but it's going to have a distinctly spanish flavor deadline noted so writer directors will be spanish duo alex and david pastor best known for 2020 netflix thriller the occupant and 29 2009 pandemic thriller carriers as well as sci-fi series incorporated in hbo max's recent series the head which they both created so, yeah, this yet-to-be-titled spinoff is due to start production toward the end of the year in Spain. So they're just basically going to reframe the first film's events, but across the globe from Spain, which is interesting. I like the idea. I think they just have to be super careful not to retread the exact same events. Like, we don't need mm-hmm. to see the exact same story, even if it is from a different culture. So any thoughts on that? Uh, I own the book, but I still haven't read the book. Although I did finish The Fisherman finally. Yay! And it is, a, it is an outstanding book by John Lang. And I, I highly recommend you go check it out. It's very beautifully written. And me and Megan will discuss the ending some other time oh, yes. just between ourselves, not to spoil it. Yes. Uh, I still haven't read. Uh, I've seen the movie. Um, and the movie traumatized me more than any horror movie has traumatized me in a long time. Because I have a, a son and a daughter who I refer to as boy and girl. And then I watched the movie and I thought, oh, no, and I couldn't sleep for like two days. Oh. It would like traumatize me, that river scene. It hurt me so much. And I don't know how I feel about them doing a Spanish language version. I, it's an interesting. I don't know, like it, it, it opens up a lot of realm of possibilities for horror movies and horror and, and novelization adaptations, etc. Yeah. And are they just retreading a tire in another language? That's what I you know, don't like, want yeah, them to like, do. What? Yeah. 
how are they going to bring something new to the table I mean, they, with a story that doesn't contain any of the same characters? They could ease. I mean, obviously, it's a global event that's, you know, it's a, an apocalyptic event. So <laughs> maybe, like, the thing had an a interesting idea to me that because they did not rely on practical effects, I think derailed their goal. But, you know, it's like the original thing, the way that they detected it, um, who was infected was very different. You know, the, the Norwegian camp in the prequel had a unique way of detecting. So maybe the way that to make this stand out is how they approach how they interact with these things that you cannot see. I don't know, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't want it to be a retread just from, you know, a different country. Or if it's in like a mental institution, or something where you actually see the impact on the people who are already like have something mentally wrong with them. So they, they don't want to kill themselves. They just want people to see the thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hes- I'm hesitant, but I still, I still want to see it. I still want to see where they go with it because it opens up some really interesting possibilities. Agreed. So yeah. Xena. Oh, I don't I don't have any thoughts on this guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I didn't have any thoughts on them, so it happens. Yeah. All right, listeners, it's your turn. You excited for Jeffrey Dean Morgan to do something more than the Exorcist did 40 years ago? Do you want to hear more about bears and cocaine and possibly squirrels and heroin? <laughs> Give us a call. Number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call us and have your voice on the air or international rates are messing you up, please feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions or sign up at patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod and you can just ask us stuff directly. Finally, Xena is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what we should be watching. So Xena, what should we be watching? So besides from Bloody Disgusting TV, of course, we have some upcoming awesome movies coming our way. So on Tuesday the 16th, PG Psycho Gorman will be available on DVD. Yay! <laughs> and then on Thursday the 18th, we have three movies coming out. So the first two, they will be released uh, through Shutter. So the first one is Coco D, Coco Da. And basically, this is about a couple who they try to make their way back to each other. And there's like a sideshow uh, that kind of, I don't want to give away, I feel like you should avoid the, the synopsis in, in my opinion. But just know that this couple, they get terrorized in the woods. Okay? Aww. There's some freaky stuff that happens in there. Some weird stuff. Then the next one, Slacks love that uh it's basically about <laughs> a possessed pair of jeans that's terrorizing <laughs> workers <laughs> why not come right? on i'm really excited about that one and then I, uh i was just gonna say slacks is so much gorier than you would think i like yeah. that we need it <laughs> yeah you need gory pants <laughs> and then uh last coming out on thursday this one's actually going to be available on netflix called deadly illusions a best-selling novelist suffering from writer's block she hires an innocent young woman to watch over her twin children you already know she's not innocent but okay uh the novelist she dangerously indulges in the new best uh seller um you know trying to go back and forth with that the, the there's a line that she's facing between uh her regular writing life and the one that she's living it actually becomes blurred so the director is anna elizabeth james and she also has another thriller horror coming our way 
very soon called Sinister Sorority. And I just love that title because we kind of know what's going to happen, but do we? You know, so that's pretty cool. And then just the last movie coming our way on Friday the 19th, Phobias. It will be available on VOD. Suffering from extreme phobias, five dangerous patients uh, get to put the ultimate, get put to the ultimate test under super, uh, under the supervision of a crazed doctor and his quest to weaponize fear. So this is actually directed by two women. One of them is Camilla Bell. Oh, so I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, very cool stuff. Yay. All right, and that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and, and, and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be Disgusting Pod. Search for the Be Disgusting Podcast on Facebook. Or go to patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod for rewards and even more bonus content. Or email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so, for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody.